So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hello there. Welcome to Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily. And Andrew. And we're here with Katie Nelson. Hello there. We're really excited to have Katie here with us. She is the creator of Lead Guide Walk Beside. Um, And I went to one of her events uh, last month. And I just loved it so much. Um, it was all about like positive parenting, and I just had to talk to her and get her to come on this sh- this episode with us. So. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And I think Emily saying she loved it was a little bit of an understatement because oh, yeah. I think she talked about it nonstop for the next five days at least. Yeah. And then it's been brought up several times since. It then. was really good. That's good to hear. Yeah. So we're going to talk about one of the points that she brought up in that class, and that's family facts. Um, but I just wanted to share another thing real quick that I learned or that really stood out to me from her course was, um, something along, you might have to correct me, but it's something along the lines of like, don't let your kids know how freaked out you are or something like, can you explain that really quick? I mean, it came out really bad when I just said it. No, but your kids will have behavior that is typical. It's age appropriate. We aren't raising little soldiers who are obedient at all times and they will have behavior when they don't get what they want and they may act disappointed and you might get frustrated, but no matter what frustration you're feeling, you don't need to um, give that to them. You don't need to give them that energy. So even if your blood is boiling inside <laughs> because you've already gone over the expectation or the family rule and they've misbehaved, you remain calm. And by you keeping your cal- your demeanor calm, it teaches them how to get over it rather than overreacting and engaging in bad behavior yourself where you start yelling or showing a frustrated face or a frustrated tone. And um, when you engage in that, then it just spirals. So it's better to keep yourself calm and not overreact so that um, they can learn how to calm down and they will calm down faster. But when they show up with behavior and then you show up with behavior, it just ignites a it's bigger a big fire. Old mess. Yep, yeah. bigger fire. Well, now yeah. that you guys well, have a little bit of a taste of the wisdom that Katie's going to be sharing with us today, uh, Katie, can you tell us a little bit about you personally and your kind of professional experience, how, why you're qualified to talk about these things? Oh, thank you. Yes, I would love to. So I think I'm qualified to talk about this because I'm a mom. I think any <laughs> mom, you don't need a special education or experience. Just being a parent qualifies you and you become an expert all of us are experts at our own level, but I um, I graduated from the University of Utah with a bachelor's in human development and family studies and a master's in early childhood special education. And it just shows you how committed we are to this topic that we invited a University of Utah alum yes. to our <laughs> podcast. I just want to let you know, though, I never went to one game. I don't even care. I don't even own a t-shirt. <laughs> I, I don't That's know. I, we never got into teams, so maybe that makes it worse. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, um, and then I worked um, as a preschool teacher for Head Start, and then I worked for Davis School District as an early childhood special education uh, teacher, implementer, and then I started my own private preschool and did that for six years and developed my own curriculum 
for preschool age children. Which is like mind-bogglingly amazing. I can't no, even imagine yeah. the, like the sure like the sheer hurdle that would be to like decide okay i'm gonna be with a bunch of other people's kids all day long and then i'm gonna figure out how to teach them better and oh yeah preschool that's such a tough age too oh it's my favorite it's It's amazing so hands-on and they are just like little sponges and (laughs) at that age they still love their teacher you're usually (laughs) the first introduction and so it's a really fun age so yeah i created a curriculum for them and then I created this curriculum, Lead, Guide, Walk Beside. I've been teaching positive parenting courses since 2006, and I've seen thousands of families change for the better when they just make small but important adjustments. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us. You're welcome. So something that we do on our show is a little thing we like to call Pobody's Nerfect. It's our little fail segment or embarrassing moment just to... <laughs> Kind of relax our nerves, honestly, too, so that we can calm down. Yeah. And then we kind of remind you guys that everyone that's on here, they we, we choose people usually because they're experts in what they're talking about, or they're just inspiring people. Um, and we don't want you to get discouraged by how awesome they are. We want you to remind <laughs> you guys that they're regular people too, and so we like to share little funny fails to help yeah. you, help you kind of realize that they're people too. Yeah. So I can go first if you want. Katie. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Okay, so we lived, after we got married, we lived abroad, abroad, (laughs) in in Latvia, and we were traveling a lot because we just were blessed with that opportunity to be able to travel during our little internship over there, Mm -hmm. and I I don't know what was going on, what the circumstances were. I think we were walking to church. Oh, were we? We were in Riga. Oh my gosh, we were even going to church. We were in Riga, Latvia, going to church. Well, we were walking to church, and I was, I mean, I like to be on time. I'm super, like punctual um but i was like aggressively punctual. i I can be a little rude yeah (laughs) um okay so i was walking and andrew was kind of like what i thought was like lollygagging behind me and i'm like hun come on like you're walking so slow why are you going so slow and she's like kind of i was like peeved peeved. sorry i snapped that's not good for the mic yeah um i was like yeah just why are you going so slow and i turn around and he's like well, I have half a foot. <laughs> or like, my foot hurts or something. I said my foot hurts. I had a partial amputation of my left foot when I was five. Something like that. Four or five. Um, I was remembered by a lawnmower. Wow. And so it's all kind of janky and jacked yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, it, it hurts him every day. But yeah. he said, like, my foot hurts or something, and I just felt so <laughs> horrible. Like, we were pretty much newlyweds still, and I was just like, oh, man, like, I hurt his feelings so bad. I mean, I would feel just as bad now. But... Yeah, it's like, now you're well, immune to well, No, not immune. But <laughs> just, like, being, like, new still. And, yeah, it's a little know, more sensitive just, like, to very sensitive Aww. but i felt really bad I, I feel like it's something we laugh about now though yeah, yeah. definitely i laughed about it like right away but i felt so bad i was like i think i don't know if i cried but i got teary oh it's not bad yeah anyways it's all good yeah so, so katie yes <laughs> um so i was thinking about an embarrassing moment i don't know how many times i've told my kids like when we're in a public place and we need to use the restroom let's say it's target and yes i'm imagining it happens a lot there and i take my child to the restroom and i like go over okay you're gonna go to the restroom and mommy's gonna have a turn and we're not gonna play with the door and i wish i could say this has just happened once but the reality is it's happened a lot (laughs) where i let my child go and then i have a turn and while i'm having a turn they start playing with the door 
And sure enough, that bathroom stall gets opened and I am trying to grab the door <laughs> my pants. And every time I'm in there, I think, as, surely I am not the only person that this is happening to. Are there other moms that struggle with the bathroom stall? We struggle too. Oh my goodness. Good to yeah. hear. Good to hear. Yeah. I don't think Hiram has ever like left it wide open yet. <laughs> But he's opened it. And then yeah. I, see, yeah. this is the advantage of urinals. Oh, see, we missed out we, on that. No have, privacy. No. <laughs> yeah. We don't have that issue. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Okay, so let's jump into our topic. Um, again, one of the points that I love that you talked about during your course earlier was family facts. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means, Katie? Yeah, I like to call it family facts because it's not something up for discussion. It's just something you introduce to your family, to your children as the parent, and you just state your last name. My last name's Nelson, so we uh, just use common phrases, just short sentences about family facts. So you could be having scripture study and introduce a family fact. It could be around the dinner table. It could be in the car. And you just state it as a family fact. And so I would say Nelsons are truth tellers. And what's so great about that is it involves everyone in our family and even though each child is born with a different temperament and they all behave differently this applies to all of them because we all share the same last name and if you don't share the same last name that's okay you can just include both names and then state the fact so jones and nelsons are are truth tellers something like that yeah well i like what you said earlier in your embarrassing moment you even said like we keep the door closed or something like that. Oh, okay. I didn't like, realize that. Yeah, you did. It was cute. Um, but I guess you could use that too as the we instead of exactly. the but Yes. Good idea. And so um, my kids know this. Sometimes they'll finish different phrases for me. Like Nelson's are, if I just say that, they'll start listing what we are. So some um, family facts that we state are family... Um, Nelsons are truth tellers. Instead of if your child tells a fib and you focus on the lie and you talk a lot about that word lie and we don't want to be liars, that's what they hear and that's Mm -hmm. what they associate with. So you don't even need to use that word. You can just say truth teller and you talk about what it means to be tell the truth versus what it means not to. And if you think about it, it's all about language and it's all about making our language more positive. And back in the day when I was in elementary school and you would look up on the wall and see rules for the class, it would often say, don't run, don't chew gum, don't hit. It would tell you what not to do, but it would say it negatively first. And so what we're going to do is just flip that and tell our kids what we want them to do. So rather than that, you would say walking feet, hands to self, things like that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so with the family facts, that's what you're doing too. You're putting positive things into your children's head about what you would like them to do and expectations that you have as a family. And it's not just one person that needs to work on it. It's a family expectation. And by presenting that as a group, they feel more involved and less singled out. That's excellent. Have you seen a a difference between, um, how do I say this? Between, have you seen like an actual real world difference between using the negative language versus the positive language? We're saying like we're not liars versus we are truth truth, truth tellers. Yes. What it does is it um, builds self-esteem. And I've seen that directly when parents don't use that positive language. And 
then your child can even say it. And I know that I've heard children say it before where they say, well, I'm, I'm bad. And they mm-hmm. associate it when you, when they feel like you're getting after them and you're using a lot of that negative language, they'll even speak up and say, well, I'm just not a good kid or I'm not a good listener. So one of the things is Nelson's are first time listeners. And obviously our kids don't listen the first time all the time because they're children and that's not realistic. But by stating it, it kind of is a, a kind reminder. Yeah, I am. I am a truth teller or I am a first time listener. Um, and it doesn't mean that they do it every time, but it's just a, a, a better, softer way to deliver a message about an expectation. So, um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Maybe I could share with you while you're thinking of it some of the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for Let it. me give you a list. So I've done truth tellers. Nelsons are truth tellers. Nelsons are kind. Nelsons share. You know, these are just, this isn't like rocket science, guys. This is just values you want your kids to have mm-hmm. and to help your family mm-hmm. f- function better. One of them is Nelsons can do hard things. And let me just tell you, I went mountain biking last week and I hadn't been for a while. And it was hard, really hard. And I was with my friend, and she was way ahead of me. And at one point, I told myself, Nelsons can do hard things. Like, (laughs) I give these to myself. And I hear my kids reminding each other of them. It's not not just me. Like, they'll tell each other. If someone's being rude or not sharing, they'll say, Nelsons share. (laughs) Have you said how old your kids are? Oh, let me tell you. I have a 14-year-old. 14-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, an 8-year-old son, and a 6-year-old daughter. So we range. We have awesome. a wide range. Um, the one we're focusing on this week, lately is um, just something that I really want to teach my kids, and that's about integrity. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've really been working on Nelson's Have Integrity as a family fact. And um, we talk about what that means, that even when mom and dad and nobody else is there, but you're alone and you have a decision to make, that you can choose the right, even with nobody else watching. So we'll go through scenarios like, um, let's say you were working at the snow cone shack and somebody paid cash for their snow cone, but your boss wasn't around and you just put that money in your pocket and they, your boss would never know, is that having integrity? And they're like, no, that's not integrity. <laughs> but the thing that parents don't do is we intend to teach sometimes, and we have those values. Let's say we all have those values, mm-hmm. and we just think by us having them that our children will have them. Right. But the yeah. reality is, is we have to take time to teach. So that's why I like calling them family facts and really carving out a time to teach them. Yeah, I think that's it makes awesome. a ton of sense because frequently... I think we forget how, how do I say this? we forget that other people are real people that have like yeah. their own brains and yes. they have their own like the way they perceive things and we can't just expect other people to know exactly what we're thinking, yeah. exactly what we feel right. or like our or what our values our are. values are especially yeah. our values because sometimes values are evident but other times you know they're people can do one like a, ten people can do one action and have different or ten different values that motivate them to right. do that action right. Um, like you might have, for instance, with the snow cone example, you might have a, a child might say, oh, I'm not going to do that because like I might get caught. Right. And that's very different from like, I have integrity. Right. And so I like this idea of remembering that children are, children are people too. And you have to like, you have to verbalize these things. Otherwise exactly. they won't get it. I think they'll pick up on some things, but I think those deeper underlying motivations can't be taught unless they're verbalized. Yes. 
I would agree with that 100%. I think teaching is so important. And sometimes when we think about teaching, we think direct teaching, sit the child down on the chair and have a conversation. And it can look like that, but it can also just be an ongoing conversation and brought up during mealtime and like I said, in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're listening to music and dancing and I'll just turn it down and say, guys, Nelsons have what? And then they'll list some of them. And That's then we'll so talk cute. about scenarios and then we'll turn the music back up. It doesn't have to be extremely formal. Right. So, oops, sorry, you had a question? Oh, yeah, I have a question. So, how did you end up coming up with your family facts? Was it just that you noticed things going wrong? Great question, yes. Yeah. Or was, it like, was it like an executive decision where you and your husband decided? No, no. Or was it like no. a kid, like a He's welcome. Or? My husband's welcome to add whatever ones he wants. That's the beauty of all of this is mm-hmm. you, there could be a hundred. Like, right, like there's so many good yes, things. Yes, yes. So we just started out with truth tellers and first-time listeners. Mm-hmm. Nelsons are truth tellers. Nelsons are first-time listeners. And then it's just grown. But it definitely was born out of lying. (laughs) I like they not being truthful and seeing a situation. And instead of focusing on that behavior and making that child feel like they are a liar, Mm -hmm. we did the family fact, you are a truth teller. And, um, yeah, I had a parent who took the course years ago, um, contact me recently. And she was talking about some things her four-year-old son had done. And within the text, she was telling me, me about how he had lied about it. And so that was the first word I grabbed onto. And I said, rather than repeating that word a lot to him, you need to talk about what you would like him to be, which is a truth teller Mm -hmm. and how he can move forward doing that. So there's always room for improvement for all of us. (laughs) I think one practical question I have for this is how early does this start to matter? Uh, or is it from the very beginning? From so? the beginning, but I sometimes... So children's receptive language is in place before expressive language. So sometimes we think, oh, they don't understand us because they can't talk. But mm. that's not the truth. They are understanding more than we think, even before they can talk. So you can start talking about things. You may not need to do like the family facts, but I would talk about... Use positive language, mm-hmm. um, like when your child goes and to grab someone or hit someone, and maybe they don't have their language developed. We can just say ah ah ah, kind hands, and tell them what you want them to have instead of no, don't hit. Mm-hmm. What did the kid just hear? Hit. hit. They just oh. heard the word hit. hit. They didn't even hear no. Okay. They just heard hit. So we need to make sure we're telling them what we want them to do. Um, what was your question again? Did I even veer in the oh, right I think direction? Just- uh, what was the question? Oh, just talking about like how early. Oh, how early? This mm-hmm. and- Definitely by three. I, I think by two. I think I think parents need to talk more. They need to put the screens away more mm-hmm. and talk to their kids more about everything when they're doing the dishes and we're going to clean this up because we are so blessed to have this home and we want to take care of it. We're so blessed to have this toy. And so we're going to be good stewards and we're going to put it away. Just like short every moment is a teaching moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you don't want to, it doesn't have to be every second of right. the day, but, um, yeah, for sure by two and absolutely by three. Okay. You can have these conversations when a child's old enough to remember a promise. That's what Love and Logic says. That's a parenting program that I taught for years and years. When they're old enough to remember a promise, to they're old enough. Promise. Yeah, like if you okay. said, "We're going to go to the park later." Oh, and, and Hiram's definitely they, ready. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they he brought it up. Everything. Yeah. yeah. So you can try this with him. Like whatever you both value that you want to teach them, whether it's truth telling, being a first time listener, um, having integrity taking care of our toys 
whatever it is, being good stewards. So I really like something that you mentioned earlier. I don't, can't quite remember if you brought it up already in this episode that we're doing, but is that one way that it is that family facts are a great thing is that you can tell everybody Mm -hmm. to do that instead of pointing out the one person that's doing it wrong. Yes. Like, so that they don't feel ashamed or embarrassed. Right. You can say it kind of like passively. Yes, to the group. Yes, Mm -hmm. because that's usually what happens is we give a lot of our attention to a child when they've messed up. And when things are going well, sometimes we forget to praise. And I would encourage all of us to look for ways to praise because if things are going well, we usually just move on with our life. But if they've messed up, that's when we start giving a lot of energy. And usually it's unfortunately negative energy. And I... I'm just a typical mom, you guys. I'm not a perfect mom. I should have given this disclaimer at the beginning. I am not a perfect mom, and my children are not perfect. We are typical, absolutely typical. My kids mess up, and guess what, guys? I mess up too. But I, um, yeah, I, instead of pointing them out, that's not motivating. Embarrassment and shame and anger don't motivate a child to change their behavior. Right. They might stop in the moment, but love is what changes behavior. And so family facts goes right along with love. It's just a positive way to teach values and to state it to the group rather than singing, singling the child out and um, making them feel embarrassed or shamed. And Ashamed. And an example I have of this as a preschool, let's see, I was an early childhood interventionist and I was working for a school district and a mother brought her daughter in and wondered if she had some disabilities because she just would not listen to the mother. And so our agreement was that she would come into a preschool setting and with the teachers and the um, techniques we were using, and we'd do it for about a month and see how her behavior was to see if she would qualify. And the only issue was behavior. There was nothing else. And sure enough, within that one month's time, when we talked to her in a certain way and set certain expectations, the good news was she did not have severe behavior problems and did not need to be referred. She just needed her mom to state the expectations clear and in a positive way. And an example of this, she was sitting at circle time. And um, so I was there as a therapist helping as a teacher. And, and the classroom teacher would was not giving her a turn. And I told her that, don't give her a turn right away. Let's let Let's let her learn how to not have a turn and how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so the teacher called on the other kids right next to her and around her. And sure enough, she was having all this huff-puff behavior. And instead of the teacher (laughs) stating her name and telling her, turn around and listen and you'll get a turn. Instead of that, the teacher did the most appropriate thing. And she said the child's name, or no, she didn't even say the child's name. She said it to the group, like we're talking about this family facts to Mm -hmm. the group. And she said, I give turns to kids who are sitting quietly. That's it. That was her statement. I give turns to kids who are sitting quietly instead of, why aren't you listening? Can't you just turn around instead of the complaining? Well, as soon as the teacher said, I give turns to kids who are sitting quietly, she turned around and faced the teacher, sat up straight and folded her arms. That was never a requirement to fold arms, but she did it instantly and instantly, (laughs) sorry, instantly the teacher um, rewarded her and gave her a turn um, because, and that expectation was stated to the whole class not just to her, but she responded. That's awesome because I think it's really hard to receive correction when the correction is directed at us. Right. Yeah. Because we, there's like an embarrassment factor that comes with it. Exactly. But when it's a correction, that's just kind of a general correction. Then 
we're able to just then we're able to accept the correction without the, the attached embarrassment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You got awesome. this. You're a pro. I'm so excited for <laughs> yep. you to go and implement this. Yeah. So Andrew, what do you think our family facts could be? Can you? I was actually talking couple? to Hiram about this when you were at class today, hon. Oh, really? Um, I was trying. I've been working with him for like the past week, trying to help him understand the concept of what a, a Jordan is. Like we're, we are all Jordans. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know. Like, you're Hiram Jordan and baby girl is Ruth Jordan. And like, we're trying to go over all of it. Yeah. yeah. That's a big concept. And, and it was like, like you could see the, the lights like clicking or like behind his, behind his eyes where he was like making all these connections Yeah, and he was counting us off on his fingers and like mm-hmm. Hiram Jordan and Mamichka Jordan and Papichka <laughs> Jordan, baby girl, Jordan. Baby and girl Jordan. he got to the fifth finger and he's like, I, there's, There's nobody no one for the baby. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, he has That's been funny. saying he wants a baby brother, and he wants to name the brother Baby, baby Hiram. Hiram, which is his name. Right. So of he's <laughs> he yeah. wants yes. a baby Hiram. Um, a mini me. What was I telling him today? Well, I don't know how to make this one a positive. This is kind of a funny one, but it's been like a. It's oh, we've had this one. We've had this while. one for a while, but yeah. I, I don't know how to make it positive in our family. Maybe I, you could help us. Yeah, okay. maybe help us figure out how to make it positive. So <laughs> it's kind of silly, but. Uh, Jordans don't bite straws. Because I <laughs> can't stand it when kids, when my kids like are drinking, it's like his my drink biggest, and biting my piece. straw and it's all flat and okay. compressed. Right. And so no- like we have said, like we don't bite our straws, but is that like a negative? No, it's okay. It's okay to say that, but I would make it into more of a teaching moment. So we probably are saying that right when he's biting the straw. Is that right? Like in the moment? Yeah. Or like in preparation, like we're giving him well, a drink. Good. Like remember, Good. don't we don't bite our straws, right. kind of thing. And as soon as his sister was able to like drink from a straw, oh yeah, he told like he handed her his drink and he said, "Don't bite your straw." So he understands he the concept. Yeah. yeah, right, right. I just first want to say, congratulate you guys. If this is your biggest issue, like <laughs> no, no, this <laughs> no, is not no, no, no. <laughs> things are going pretty this well. Is just the only thing we've attached to. We do this. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing I would maybe recommend in that is model it for him. Let him mm-hmm. see it. Have you two do it. Mm-hmm. And right in front of him. Have you done that yet? Where No. Oh, look, here's a straw. Let's take a drink. And mm-hmm. you start biting it, and then you hand it to Dad. And Dad says, uh-oh. Like role-playing then. Yeah, role-play yeah. right for in them front of him. It. There's yeah. so much power yeah. in that. Rather than just in a delivery of a message, which we've been talking about family facts, but you, can, <laughs> you will get so much more success at teaching if you can role-play it. Ooh, here's one that I've been wanting to implement, but I can't figure out how to make it positive. Okay. Uh, instead of a don't do this thing. Yeah. Um, Hiram's going through a phase right now where Ruth, our daughter, is like getting to the age where she wants to play with his toys yeah. or he want, she'll like want to have a drink or whatever it is. And he sometimes have, has a really hard time sharing because he is the our first child and the first grandchild right. for both of our parents. So he's just and like he's just entitled. Like, yeah. Whatever yeah. he wants. Like yeah. the, aunt, the aunts and uncles love him. They give him everything. Yeah. Um, but we are trying to help him so he doesn't cry every time he doesn't get something he doesn't want. Okay. It's like we know so instead of saying, like, don't cry, because I don't want the message to always be, like, don't cry, because it's okay to cry, and I cry, and he sees me cry. Right. It's like, okay to be it's okay upset. To cry. Like, because he's like, we know he's learning how to deal with this idea of, yeah. I really want this, but, like, I can't have it. Yeah. And so, like, we don't want to say you can't have those feelings. Like, you can't right. feel upset. Right. Um, but we want to kind of engender this idea of we don't cry, like we don't freak out. Okay. Um, so how would you coach us through this, how we would make this a positive Jordan's don't, or Jordan's do 
Because we don't want to say Jordans don't cry, because it's okay to cry, and I cry all the time. Okay, so the <laughs> ultimate thing, I feel like the underlying thing that you want Jordan, or your son, Hiram, to mm-hmm. learn is to share, mm-hmm. and yeah. share willingly. So that's what we need to focus on, rather than the cry, mm-hmm. and sta- restating that word, is Jordans share. Mm-hmm. And you do a lot of that role-playing. You have a special time as a family where you and dad are acting it out and literally have him sit on the couch and watch you guys. And the, the toy has to be shared. And then we and I recommend doing it the wrong way first and cry. Show them what it looks like mm-hmm. when that one of you doesn't I would have never have thought to do that. No, it, it, it is them. so powerful when they can see it rather than just hear what they're not supposed to do. So you have him sit down and, and little sister and you just try this out. And so one of you doesn't share and then start through and I say do it bigger than him go over the top have Throw a things. tantrum <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> just Can I kicking tantrum? maybe yes. you're kicking okay. and hitting or crying or maybe it looks more realistic like he really does and then you say we're gonna reset we're gonna start over because Jordan's and you pour it to your whole family we share and we can be nice and share and then you say okay take two let's start again and then you do it and then oftentimes what happens with kids is they want to participate in the role play mm-hmm. so you can say mom can and dad are gonna that, yeah definitely. we're gonna yeah. do it first and then you get a turn and you practice what you want him to do so often we tell kids what not to do but we don't replace it and so rather than stop and don't we need to replace what we want them to do and it may be as simple as a, a phrase like okay or I can share or it'll be my turn in two minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think also with children, I mean, I taught kids, like I would have 12 kids at a time and we'd go out for recess and they all wanted the same like tricycle or scooter or something. And so they would have a turn and they would say, when Miss Katie says ding, then it's your turn. <laughs> and they don't really know time. So it could have been right. one minute versus two. But I would say ding and then I would shake my head yes and say, oh, you are good at sharing. You'll have another turn in a minute and just kind of... Okay help them emotionally prepare. Like, this is not the end of the world. But at their age, they see their toy as an extent, another appendage. Like, this is part of me. Mm. You're expecting me to give this away. So it needs to be taught. It needs to be coached. And not just once. This is like an ongoing conversation. That's a really good thing to remember, that they see it as an appendage, an extension of themselves. Yes. And I recommend... I never thought of that. Yeah. And I recommend doing this more than once and talking about it all the time. And when he does it well pour on that praise yeah. pour on the praise you are such a big boy you you are so good at sharing jordans are good at sharing That's family awesome. fact it's kind of like like put in perspective it'd be kind of like if somebody asked to see your wedding ring and then just like said they wanted to wear it all day like because it's such a part of you <laughs> yeah and like you never let it go no like it's probably like the same level like emotional attachment for yeah kids like i need with. that back yeah yeah okay so second dimension of this same issue or this general type of issue, because he also has a hard time once uh, his grandmas leave town. Um, mm. Oh, yes. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, specifically, think something we've been working at is when we're, like, we're in the car and we're driving, uh, he just expects, I mean, not just in the car, but this is one example, he just expects that if he wants something, it's going to be given to him right away. Okay. Even if we don't have it. Right. And that- so, like, the other day he was like, hey, can I have some juice or some water? And I'm like, we literally have no water in the car right now. And like... We're driving home, like, we don't have time to stop. Yes. And he just starts bawling because he wanted something, and we, like, physically did not have it even to right. give to him. Right. And so, maybe go, go through us, go like, through this yeah, process. Just adjusting good. after we're with family for so long. Like, yeah. summertime, we were with family all the time. And so, like, getting out of that now, 
it's just like tantrum after tantrum because he doesn't get what he wants all the time. Right. He's not overindulged anymore. Right. So what's beautiful about this is you know that that's going to happen and that there's going to be a period where there's going to be adjustment. Mm -hmm. So the key there is to stay calm, but then I recommend stating his name and validating him. So Hiram, you want water. You're thirsty. You want a drink. We're going to go home and get you a drink. Mm -hmm. But I want it right now. And he continues. So I recommend validating him first and stating what he wants so he knows that you heard him. Mm -hmm. And then you can have him look around. Look, we don't have any water on the floor. We don't have any up here. Do we have any by you? Can you see any water? And have him kind of process that. So Um, he can himself like confirm that there's no water. Yeah, I don't see any. Where do you think we could find water and involve him in that? Now, I have a child. I have been in this exact scenario. (laughs) And my child is much older than Hiram. And still, when he wants what he wants, there will be a tantrum mm-hmm. if he can't get it. And oftentimes it's a drink. It's like late at night and we're coming home. And we've started to keep water bottles in the back. But, <laughs> but it is a problem. And the key that you need to do is just stating it once, validating him, stating that it isn't there, and then staying calm. And um, just repeating a familiar phrase, when I want water, you can just say, I know, or I understand. And then he starts kicking the seat or having a tantrum and you stay calm. So that's the tricky part. Yeah, staying calm. Do you have any, yeah. you have any tricks for staying calm? <laughs> yes, yes. I have a whole workshop about it. It is my first technique. None of the other techniques will work if we can't stay calm. So let's say we want to give choices or we want to use positive language. All those things are great, but we need to start out with staying calm because our kids will misbehave. That's normal and typical. Um, But when they do, it's how we respond. So if we just jump right up, we're going to call that the red zone Mm -hmm. when they misbehave. If we jump to the red zone with them, then it just continues to grow and um, it hurts relationships. So the very first technique that I teach in my workshops is all about staying calm and how to do it. And how, it's, it's good in theory, right? Like, oh, stay calm, but there is a how. And the how is just repeating a familiar phrase. So you state the expectation or the validation, and then you just repeat a familiar phrase that they will hear. So every time they hear that phrase, they know it's a dead end. Mm-hmm. But like it's better no than ignoring. Yet. Yes, it's better than ignoring because they want to be heard. Sometimes they'll just continue with that tantrum. So if you just do that familiar phrase for me, um, I'll say, I know or I understand. I'll state the expectation. Say they wanted to go ride bikes with their friends and it wasn't a choice right then. I let them know why it's not a choice one time. And then I go to, I call it the repeating parrot, where I just repeat that same phrase. But mom, I want to go ride bikes. I understand. It's not fair. You never let me ride bikes. And they were riding bikes yesterday. (laughs) But, you know, you never let me. I understand. And you just do that familiar phrase. And then when they throw something out at you like, you don't love me because you won't let me go ride bikes, then you just stay calm. This is that these phrases are to keep us calm. Even though your blood might be boiling inside, you just say, I'll always love you. So you, it takes two people to argue. Mm -hmm. And as the adult and the parent, you should never be involved in an argument with your child ever. So when you're doing this at home, do you see that your kids back down from their tantrum? Yes. That's exactly what happens. So as you're consistent, that's always key, right guys? Mm -hmm. So they are misbehaving. You state the expectation or validation and they keep going. Plan on the fact they'll keep going. They will. Mm -hmm. But what happens over time as you're consistent and doing that familiar phrase, the tantrums go down and they end faster. And then I recommend Mm -hmm. trying to redirect him. 
Okay. So you've, you've indulged in the water. You've had him help you look for the water. Now you need to talk about his birthday. Hiram. So distract, pretty much. Yes. Okay. Redirect, distract. We can engage. Let's talk yeah. about your birthday. Are you going to have balloons? What color are they going to be? You know, just redirect that child. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, they'll be better at doing that. But yeah, just that familiar phrase and staying calm instead of getting involved in the argument or yelling, how many times do I have to tell you? And just that's when we show up with behavior. And our goal is to not show up with behavior. So I just want to voice a, I can hear a few people that I know. If, once they listen to this podcast, they're going to have a couple questions. Okay. I want to voice one of those questions. Um, so um, I have some friends who have children who are uh, more than rambunctious. Like mm-hmm. They're pretty pretty far out there. Um, and I can hear them saying, like, well, like my kids are just so crazy. Like I don't see this purely positive approach working. Like I think that there still needs to be a time where I sit them down and I have a really harsh, like, like negative conversation talking about specific things that they're doing. Okay. Does that have a place? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't need to be in a negative way, but you can talk about expectations and you can be firm. Mm-hmm. That is okay. That is okay. It's not like, oh, everything's nice and wonderful right. and I'm never going to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there should be teaching times and absolutely children need to be corrected. I see mm-hmm. more and more parents who don't correct. They don't want to hurt the child's psyche. <laughs> so they'll have to go to therapy later on. So they won't correct. And the kids end up being entitled and getting away with a lot. Right. So I think it's very important to teach. And we do that. We have a daily devotional. And if there's a, something going on in our family, we'll read our scriptures and then we'll talk about it. And we'll Mm -hmm. talk about what that is. So absolutely, you can sit down and have a conversation. And maybe it's alone with the child in another room. Mm -hmm. Um, That's totally fine. But it should probably start with a prayer or end with a prayer. And love can still be involved. Mm -hmm. Um, But Mm -hmm. absolutely, it's okay to correct. And instead of saying no, you can just say, ah, ah, ah. And that actually has more power than no. I say save your no's for something truly dangerous, like if they're running out in the road. Mm -hmm. Like... But what happens is a lot of parents overuse no, and so kids start to tune it out. So okay. rather than the no, ah, 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 they go to touch something or do something they're not supposed to. Wow. Oh. I feel like we're like in our own little therapy session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're but so wise. <laughs> can you maybe, um, I think we have enough time, uh, can you maybe walk through like a mock, firm, positive conversation with us? Sure. Because I think like I think of like when Christ does it in the New Testament, and it's like, wow, like, he did it perfectly. I don't know if I could ever do it again. And I always find myself in that situation where I'm trying to be firm, but I'm trying to also be like the savior and be loving and be positive. Right. But like, I feel like I, I mess up a whole lot. So can oh, you, so you must be human. Yeah. We all are. We right. all are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was the perfect example for sure. Um, I have an example from last night, my daughter, I was making dinner and she, I was talking with the neighbor and, um, she came in with the neighbor boy and she came, ran up to me and said, mom, I want to give you a kiss. And I leaned down and she kissed my cheek, which was really sweet, but not super common in that context. Mm-hmm. So I realized something had happened. It was almost <laughs> a clue oh. like, what happened? And she and the neighbor proceeded to tell me they just finished playing dare. And that was kind of a red flag for me because yeah. dare can start out simple. Like a then, truth or dare type game? Right. Okay. Um, and it can start out simple and lead to not so good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love hearing that. 
um, that she was playing this with a neighbor boy. So I'm making the dinner and I asked her right in front of the other people. I said, what happened? Tell me about it. And instantly they're like, well, we didn't play kissing and we didn't do this. And when the neighbor mom left and the boy left, I realized as I'm making dinner, like I need to talk to her about this and let her know the expectation. So I said, I need you to tell me exactly what happened. And Nelsons are truth tellers. There's mm-hmm. that family fact, a Ooh. reminder. Nelsons are truth tellers. And she said, well, he dared me to lick the bike tire. And I did it. <laughs> and he dared me to kiss a rock. And it might sound like really innocent at first, which it was, right. it, you know, it's gross. But um, I was teaching her at that moment, we do not do that. Mm-hmm. We do not play dare because usually it will start out small and then get bigger. So we're going to avoid dare. Right. And that is our expectation. And you need to learn to stand up for yourself. If a neighbor or somebody else asks you to do something, you do not have to do it. And we talked about that. And she was sad and just listen to me. But I was firm. I had a firm voice. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I need a hug. And I gave her a hug after. Well, then dad got home and I told him the situation within her earshot. Mm -hmm. She can hear that this is an issue, something two adults are talking about. And then he went and talked to her as well. So you can absolutely and should have expectations and should correct. And you can also show love. That's perfect. Awesome. Beautifully and perfectly put. Well, do you have any specific takeaways, hon? Well, I'm really excited to use the the family facts and then also to keep calm. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, the the specific. um, Like always, we try and give you a few practical applications you can leave this episode with to help your home become more centered on Christ. And I think, I I know that as you try and uh, build using love and positivity, Mm -hmm. that your family's going to be more Christ like and more Christ centered because that's how the Savior does it. That's how the Savior works. Everything he does is about positivity. It's about building. He never, he never seeks to tear down. He never seeks to, he never even seeks to force obedience. Like right. everything mm-hmm. the Savior does is trying to convince people of how much he loves them, and show, and he tries to show them that what his way is the way that's going to make them the most happy. Yeah. And so it's all about, um, it's all about convincing. It's all about persuasion. It's all about positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. That's how the Savior works. So I know that as you apply these things your home is going to be more more Christ-centered. And I think one fun thing for me that I'm going to take away is the uh, the role plays. And, Absolutely, and yeah. specific Because we do role plays kind of, yeah. in our home. I mean, Hiram and I like to do... I, I don't love role plays, so I, I need to get on the role play wagon. I am a firm believer in role plays. And, and you, it's, it's silly. You, it's not comfortable. Right. Like, right. you kind yeah. of make a fool of yourself. And back to that star really quick before we leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tell them how you want the straw to be. We're going to keep our straw straight, if that's important to you. But as you as he gets older, there'll probably be bigger things. So yeah. You have to decide, right. like, do we really care so much about the straw? Just decide. Oh, yeah. Decide. Yeah. No, that, that was, <laughs> that was it's, it's like funny mostly a funny thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny okay. thing that he, like, picked up, like, oh, like, we don't bite our straws. But yeah, yeah. he still does. <laughs> right. He actually doesn't. He actually doesn't anymore. Oh, good. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, specifically doing role plays um, with your kids when you're teaching them these new positive family traits. Uh, and then the new thing for me that I would never have thought of, again, was the the negative role play, like showing what it yeah. looks like when they're mis- when they're not fulfilling that family trait. Right, right, right. And I recommend doing the negative one first and then ending on the positive. Okay. Awesome. That's great. So, um, no, just that I'm really excited to start being more positive. After I took your little course mm-hmm. before, I 
like was really good at being positive and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be more positive, more like calm. And I did pretty well for a couple weeks and then I kind of like, our, I don't like, know. Our schedule changed and so Everything changed in vacations and, yeah. and, and I just right. kind of like stepped back from that a little bit, which was, I, I will admit that's wrong. But that's but reality. It's reality. Yeah. And yeah. so like, I feel like after this conversation, I'm just like ready for a reset button. And so I'm pushing reset, going to be more positive. Perfect. Um, Would you like to tell our listeners about your course coming up in September? Sure. So I will be teaching in Midway, Utah at a restaurant called The Corner, and that will be on September 21st. And I teach a positive parenting course. It's called Lead, Guide, Walk Beside Parenting with Purpose. And it's a four-hour course. It goes from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and includes lunch. And that course is $100, and I keep it the same price whether one parent comes or two. Oh, that's awesome. And the reason I do that is because I really want mom and dad to be there together. Mm -hmm. They will have more success in their home if they can be on the same page. And I have a lot of times where a mom will come and then go home and try to teach dad. And it's just not the same effect. It's better when they hear it from a third party. So to keep them on the same page, that's really important to me. And that's why I keep it the same price. So for Mm -hmm. the four-hour workshop and lunch included for both parents, it's $100. And how can they sign up for that? They can sign up at leadguidewalkbeside.com. And I'm also on Instagram, and that's at lead.guide.walkbeside. And you can get tickets there as well. That's awesome. Well, I think I want to have a call to action for all the the dads out there. I think it's very easy for us to kind of get into this mentality where mothers are the primary nurturers or they're like in charge of the kids. And so they need to be the ones who are on top of all of this, but that's not the way it works. Like mm-hmm. dads, like we need to be just as engaged in mm-hmm. rearing our kids as our, as our wives are, as the mothers of our children are. And you're not going to find opportunities like this very frequently. You don't find very many parenting courses where it's the same price for both. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is a great opportunity for you to, to really engage if you feel like you've if you feel like you're more distance from the raising of your kids than you'd like to be uh, I think this is a great opportunity to really get your your hands in the work and uh, get involved Absolutely. yeah and everything that Katie has to say is so empowering and um, impactful so I mean the, the course I took was only like one or two hours or something like that mm-hmm. um, but this one in midway is going to be four hours and I just can't even imagine how much knowledge you're going to come away with <laughs> and food you get fed and food. if you just show up to eat that's going to be good too yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. well everybody um, well first off Katie thank you again so thank much for, for, for making me. the drive over here and, and being with us today thank you for having me I enjoyed it Thank you. Um, As always, please subscribe, uh, leave a review, share our podcast with your friends. We're really committed to this this mission of of helping you build your your family on Christ. Um, And we really would like to be able to reach as many people as possible. And that only honestly happens when you start sharing our podcast. It's really like through word of mouth. I feel like that's like the biggest... Um, way that people will find out about it. Yeah, so if you know anybody you think might really benefit from our other podcasts or specifically from Katie's messages that she's had for us today, uh, please share this podcast with with your friends. Yeah. Anything else? No, I'm good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. You guys have a good one. We'll see you next week. Bye. Keep the faith.